This weekend, between Good Friday and Easter, also this weekend, Passover. Friday sundown, it starts. It'll last until next weekend. Not a coincidence. Christians have long believed Jesus is the Passover lamb. He is risen. The Hebrew word is Pesach, passing over, a reference back to the 10th plague in Egypt, the death of the firstborn. But the Israelites were spared. How? A lamb, killed and cooked and eaten in haste, its blood painted on the doorposts of their homes, a signal to the angel of death to keep moving on his way to take the firstborn. An angel of death prowling around Ukraine, not punishment or plague, but every bit as gruesome. We pray he's passing over. The lamb died so the ancient Israelites didn't have to. And every year at this time, Christians confess, Christ died, Christ rose, we won't die, we will rise, he is risen indeed. Welcome to Haven Today. I'm Charles Morris sharing the great story that's all about Jesus and on this Good Friday, we're wrapping up a series called Seven Sayings from the Cross. Jesus was there on the cross and he really did suffer. But in his suffering, he gave us seven statements that revealed his heart for his people and for his mission. Well, today we're going to think about the final two statements from the cross, reminding us of hope and forgiveness. It is finished, and into your hands I commit my spirit. What do those statements mean? And how do they bring us hope today? Stay with me to discover some encouraging truth. And this hope we will find in Christ's words is the same hope the early disciples felt when they saw Jesus come back from the dead. Christianity didn't begin as a new religious experience. It began with the claim that something had happened, something which had changed the world, something that had happened to Jesus. And when we trace that claim, we find that it goes back to two things in particular. First, to the belief that the tomb really was empty. Second, to the belief that the disciples really had met Jesus alive again in a transformed body. How do we explain that? Lots of theories have been tried, most of them pretty thin and unconvincing. The one that fits the evidence like a glove and that is the simplest of all is that it's actually true, that Jesus really was raised from the dead. That's Dr. N.T. Wright. His work on the resurrection is unparalleled in the last 50 years. And you can watch him walk through the Holy Land. You can see him investigate the places of Christ's death and resurrection when you watch his documentary, which is simply called Resurrection. After the program, I'd like to send you a copy of this DVD for your gift supporting this ministry. I know your faith will be encouraged as you watch, and it's also a great DVD to share with family and friends who do not believe to help them better understand that Jesus did indeed rise again. Our number to call after the program is 800-65-HAVEN, 800-65-HAVEN, or visit our website, make your gift there at haventoday.org, haventoday.org. And yes, we're still sending 100% of your gifts for Ukraine to help refugees in and around Ukraine. $50 feeds a family of five for a week, and there is still a huge need there, so let us know how many families you can help when you call or when you give at haventoday.org. And now let's open the program 
with a song taken from one of those final words spoken by our Savior on the cross. finished upon that cross city of lights here on this haven today i'm charles morris seven sayings from the cross this easter weekend and before we look at christ's final two statements from the cross i'd like you to hear a little more from dr n t wright from his resurrection dvd 
He explains the cross as he was on location in the place many believe is the spot where Christ was crucified. There's now a chapel located at this location. Upstairs in the chapel of Calvary or Golgotha, we find the place where the cross was set up. So when they got to this place, this very spot, they nailed Jesus to the cross through his wrists and his ankles. And they put the cross up here and strung him up with two brigands, revolutionaries, one on either side of him. At the time, it must have seemed as though it was total failure, the end of everything Jesus had hoped for and worked for. As he himself famously shouted out, my God, my God, why did you abandon me? So far, it's all uncontroversial. We have Roman and Jewish evidence as well that Jesus was indeed crucified. But what happened next was totally unexpected. All the Gospels tell us that after Jesus died, his body was removed for burial in a nearby tomb by some rich supporters. This is the kind of tomb where they would have buried Jesus. It's been carved out of the solid rock. The body would have been brought here and carried inside and laid out on a ledge. Then they would have rolled an enormous stone over the mouth of the cave and sealed it up. Jewish practice at the time was to anoint a corpse with spices, wrapping them up in the shroud or winding sheet. At the place where Jesus was crucified, there was a garden, and in the garden, a new tomb in which no one had ever been laid. As evening approached, there came a rich man from Arimathea named Joseph, who had himself become a disciple of Jesus. Because it was the Jewish day of preparation, and since the tomb was nearby, they laid Jesus there. Taking Jesus' body, they wrapped it with the spices in strips of linen. This was in accordance with the Jewish burial customs. Then he rolled a stone against the entrance of the tomb. Mary Magdalene and Mary the mother of Joseph saw where he was laid. Here in the church of the Holy Sepulchre, close by the place of crucifixion, are the remains of the tomb in which the body of Jesus is said to have been laid out by his friends. The surrounding rock from which the tomb was cut has all been removed and the shrine has been built on top. It's the geographical heart of the Christian faith. This place really isn't like a saint's tomb. It isn't venerated because Jesus is buried here, but because, so Christians believe, this is where he was raised from the dead. Now, that was incredible then. People in the ancient world weren't stupid after all. And it's incredible today which is why many have come up with the theory that actually there wasn't a resurrection as such. It was just that the disciples had a very profound spiritual experience, which they talked about metaphorically in terms of resurrection. Some people have even tried to co-opt St. Paul into that theory, which, as he's our earliest Christian writer, could be quite significant. But it simply doesn't work. St. Paul himself and all other early Christians for whom we have any evidence really did believe that Jesus was raised bodily from the dead. Dr. N.T. Wright from his Resurrection DVD that we have for your gift to the ministry. You're listening to Haven Today here on an Easter weekend, and when we think about the resurrection, it certainly was a momentous event. With all our scientific advancements, we see more and more people doubting the resurrection. It couldn't happen because dead bodies don't come back to life. It's physically and scientifically impossible. And to all of that, we Christians say you're absolutely right. 
the resurrection was impossible. Jesus did die. Dead people simply do not, cannot come back to life. But what is impossible for man is possible with the Lord. He did the impossible. God raised his son from the dead. Easter Sunday was more than the Lord pulling a trick on the world. It was the Lord working a powerful miracle and setting our world on a path to the new heavens and the new earth that Jesus came to bring. The resurrection was the first breakthrough of the Spirit that indwells each of us who believe in Christ. But before that breakthrough could come, the cross had to be endured. And it all happened on what we call Good Friday. He had already been arrested. He had been falsely accused and sent on to the governor, Pilate. He had already been beaten and flogged and spit on. All of these things he knew would happen. And he told his disciples that they would happen ahead of time. Good Friday, the day of Jesus' crucifixion. Why do we call it good? Well, we call it good because this was the day Jesus stood in our place and brought before the Father all our sufferings, all our sin, and endured the cross for our sake. We call it good because through this horrific death, the Lord rescued us from the kingdom of darkness. And we only have to look at Jesus' final two sayings on the cross to see why this Friday was in fact Good Friday. There he was on the cross, enduring this range of suffering. He suffered the shame of exposure. He suffered ridicule and hate. He suffered the pain of abuse, the emotional anguish of abandonment. And we Christians believe he suffered the wrath of God against sin. And after all this, he uttered one word to Teslastai. It's a single Greek word, but we translate it into three. It is finished. His sixth saying from the cross is not an apathetic resignation that he'd finally had enough. It was a triumphant declaration that his suffering had achieved what it was meant for. It is finished means the hatred, the scorn, and the suffering did not have the final word. But Jesus' love through all these pains has accomplished our salvation. It was Good Friday because on that Friday, it was finished. But he also said something else there on the cross, a seventh saying. It was just before he died. Listen to these words of Christ as Luke records for us. It was now about noon. Darkness came over the whole land until three in the afternoon, for the sun stopped shining, and the curtain of the temple was torn in two. And Jesus cried out in a loud voice, Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. And when he had said this, he breathed his last, the darkest Friday the world had ever known. But it was the most glorious Friday, the darkness that was over the whole land. The clouds of wrath had rolled in and closed in on Christ, yet in the midst of all this, Jesus knew where his spirit would go. Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. It is finished. Jesus' cry from the moments of his death remind us of our hope, forgiveness, a finished work of salvation, to be with the Father because of Christ. The Spirit unites us now. And the Spirit who raised Christ from the dead on that Easter Sunday is the same Spirit who will raise us up to be with him forever. Oh, to see the dawn of the 
the darkest day, Christ on the road to Calvary, tried by sinful men, torn and beaten then, nailed to a cross of wood. This the
sung for us by Keith and Kristen Getty from their In Christ Alone album. I'm Charles Morris here on a Haven Today, Seven Sayings from the Cross this Easter weekend. Now, before we go, I want to give a little update from Ukraine. It really is a bleak situation there in that country. And recently, we received a letter from someone who was concerned we were passing along misinformation. They weren't sure if civilians were really being killed in the streets of Ukraine, and they questioned what the media was reporting. Well, I need to say that we aren't just passing along info from the media or government press offices. We're working closely with Christians inside Ukraine right now who are sharing first-hand information with us. One of those is Igor from our sister ministry, Far East Broadcasting Company. Here's a recent update from him when he was in Bucha, just outside the capital of Kiev. Hello, everyone. My name is Igor, and I'm from FBC team Ukraine. As you can see, I'm right now in Bucha, Kiev region, which is close to Kiev. There are a lot of dead people, a lot of destroyed buildings. So please continue to pray for us. And we understand that there are a lot of people who are in safety, and we should help them, support them, take care of them. It's it's a horrible situation. You can even not imagine what, what I'm seeing here. It's terrible and horrible things. So it's pray for us. Thank you. Igor with FEBC is right. We need to be praying. So many civilians have been killed in Ukraine, and there are so many opportunities to share the gospel there. We asked another ministry we're working with, Mission Eurasia, to share an update with us about how many food boxes they've been able to share. I wish Mission Eurasia's president, Sergei Rakuba, could be here with a personal update, but he's making his way home from the region to spend Easter with his family. But praise God, with God's help and your giving, so far, a total of 18,000 eye care boxes of food, including a copy of the scriptures, have been distributed to hungry families in Ukraine. And that's just the beginning. Now, that's enough physical food for a family for a week and enough spiritual food for a lifetime. But the work continues daily. The suffering is so great, I don't feel we can ever outgive this need. So, once again, thank you for what you've done, and we'll trust God to meet these needs as the work continues. Sergei Nikul is a pastor in Kiev. He's been living this entire time of war in the basement of his church, along with others who found refuge there from the neighborhood. Listen to what this pastor says. He says, if Jesus gave his life for us, can he leave us? If he suffered for us, can he leave us in suffering? If he prayed with tears for us, can he not cry with us? If he felt personally on his own skin and in his heart all the pain of humanity and destruction and abandonment, could he not be with us in pain, destruction, and abandon? 
He is Emmanuel, God with us. He is God with us every day of our existence. Happy Easter, everyone. That's Wayne Shepherd. He's the chairman of the board of Mission Eurasia. He lives in Chicago, and I'm thankful for his time and also his heart to help those in need in and around Ukraine right now. We're sending 100% of your gifts to Mission Eurasia. $50 feeds a family of five for a week. How much can you send to help in the name of Jesus? Ask about that when you call or read more when you visit us online. And just before we go, we heard from Dr. N.T. Wright earlier in the program from his resurrection documentary. I think you're going to enjoy watching this DVD. The film is an epic journey shot on location in Israel, Greece, and England. But more stunning than its locations is its clear message that Jesus did indeed rise from the grave. As you watch, I know your faith will be uplifted, and you can share the DVD with those you love who do not believe, and pray the solid evidence that's presented will cause them to trust in our risen Lord. I want to send you the Resurrection DVD as our thanks for your financial support of Haven Today. You can call us, you can make a gift for the Resurrection DVD or for Ukrainian relief or both at 800-65-HAVEN. That's 800-65-HAVEN. Or go to our website and make your gift there at haventoday.org. Haventoday.org. I'm Charles Morris. Thanks so much for joining me. Won't you come back again next time when again we get to share together that Christ is risen indeed. Our program that's all about Jesus here on Haven Today. Here for your encouragement and your walk with Jesus, I'm Charles Morris with Haven Ministries inviting you to anchor your day in God's Word. Have you ever lost a ticket to a concert or a sporting event? It can lead to frantic searching. After all, how can you get in without a ticket? Well, that's how a lot of life goes. But not all tickets are created equal. And the greatest is the one Jesus purchased for us. Do you remember what happened at the end of his crucifixion? When Jesus had cried out again in a loud voice, he gave up his spirit at that moment. The curtain of the temple was torn in two, top to bottom. We can now go to God through Jesus. The way has been opened. Jesus bought us a ticket to come directly into God's presence, and the cost was his life. Get started with Anchor Devotional today. Visit GetAnchored.com.